0: You're listening to Post Perspective's Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. Hi, I'm Randy Altman with Post Perspective, and welcome to the latest episode of our Meet the Artist podcast. For this edition, we speak to editor Sean Linnell, who cuts the shy, and Queen Sugar. Hope you enjoy our conversation. So, Sean, thank you for joining us today on our Meet the Artist podcast.
1: No, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it
0: so so let's let's talk a little bit about so for people that that don't know you um you are an episodic tv editor
1: Uh, yes i'm a scripted television episodic television editor yes
0: yeah so you're working on a couple of different shows um i know that you worked on the shy
1: oh yes uh yes two seasons of the shy and i worked uh as an editor one season on queen sugar
0: Okay. Now um, let's just start about your, talk about your path first. Um, how did you get into editing? Did you study in school? Were you were you self taught? What was your uh, what led you here?
1: Okay, so I guess from the beginning, if I go all the way back, it would probably start in high school. In high school, I uh, and okay, so I was I was heading to my senior year, and I was trying to apply to colleges. I used to be a, a my uncle used to uh, sing, he used to be a touring singer, and I was trying to um I was influenced by him to become a songwriter. So there was an NAACP program for uh for the arts and the songwriting part was closed, but the uh the filmmaking part was open. So I, I applied to um to the filmmaking portion and i did a short video on on homelessness in the subway and i for the naacp xo awards i i won like a silver medal and a bronze medal and and a couple of hundred bucks to uh and also that helped me when i was looking at colleges so i'm i was thinking well maybe i have something here with the filmmaking uh during that time in new york city there were a couple of uh, community centers, um, Jeffrey Canada had a, or he still has a community center, now it's called the Harlem Children's Zone. At the time it was called um, Rise and Shine under the Reedland Center for Children and Families. And they had a a video component in which two things happened. High school kids were able to write, shoot, and edit their own material. We had a show called uh, Fried Ice Cubes that came on uh, public access. And that was the beginning of the editing process. So during that time, I learned a lot from Laura Voral in terms of editing and cutting. And we spent so many hours working on the, this content. And uh, eventually I was thinking, well, you know, filmmaking is, is where I would like to you know, head. My, all my mother cared about was like just get a college degree. That was kind of the old school point of view. So the School of Visual Arts in New York had a BFA program, so did Pratt, so did NYU, Columbia. I decided to go with the School of Visual Arts because their program, first year, you could get your hands on the camera. At the time, it was 16 millimeter and high eight. And so I was already with Rise and Shine, shooting, editing. So I wanted to keep that momentum going. So that's why I chose the School of Visual Arts. Now, while I was at the School of Visual Arts every year, there was some level of of filmmaking, um, editing education. The first year we just watched classic films going as far back as the 20s on film. And then our professor would talk about, you know, the film, the filmmakers way of thinking their process. And then as the years went by, then there was film theory. And so the, our professors would break down why you make a cut, why should you cut, what are, what are the, we would study the masters like Stanley Kubrick and Martin Scorsese. And then um, for those that wanted to have a more serious look at editing, we had, I had at least two to three years uh, of, of just film editing. So we would um, at the time would use a mov- Moviola We would take old films and then we would just splice and and cut stuff together. We cut short scenes and then we would present them in the class. And then we would also explain why we cut it a certain way. And so that's where I really started to learn, I would say, from the aspect of just the aesthetics and the psychology behind making cuts and why would you cut. And from that point on, also the community center work whatever short films I was working on, whether it was my own or someone else, I was always cutting and I enjoyed being in a dark room, just myself alone with the footage, whether it was reel-to-reel, three quarter inch, (laughs) or it was actual um, the movieola. When my senior year, we started working on the Steinbeck. So- Wow. So
0: so you, you really got into the nitty gritty of actually cutting film how how did that translate to what you work on now like i'm assuming a media composer do you feel like you have a leg up because you you cut on a movieola and it's in a early on how did that help you
1: well absolutely because you know i've already trained my brain to work in that way i think with the movieola and with the steinbeck you know you can't. You don't have as many options. Like whatever your material that you have, you have to work with that material. Versus with Avid, you could go back and just recut over and over. Uh, it, it's fast. And versus like whatever material you have, if you have to redo that, at the time if it was if it was a, a project I was working on for school, we would use the tape um, perforations versus the if it's our final cut or you have an interpositive or whatever we'll use the uh the, the actual semen so i could just i would have to pull off the tape and <laughs> find it go go through the bin and find another another clip i think that would might work and then i have to wash it and then if it doesn't if it's not smooth i have to go back when i could do that in a matter of you know fraction of seconds with Avid. so it, it definitely um I, I think having that experience definitely gives me, obviously, a leg up once I learn the computer software versus the hands-on analog stuff.
0: But but does your mind still work the way, the more, you know, with the, with the Moviola way, like the cutting of the film way? Is, do you find that when you sit down with a new project, your thought process might be different than someone that trained only on Media
1: Composer or Premiere? I would say, um, no, not necessarily. I, I, it was so long ago, like I got out of school in the late nineties. And so when I got into the work, actually my senior year was when AVID was introduced as, as, you know, as a possibility that you could take. So it wasn't until I got into the workforce that I had to use, I had to use, I had to learn how to use AVID, then I had to learn these skills and before I, bef- what I, some of those earlier years, I was using Final Cut Pro. And then sure. when I started working on professional projects, I was using Avid. So, and I was always, I was already cutting on video. So it wasn't that much of a learning curve, but I would say in terms of, in terms of a leg up, definitely everything I learned in terms of psychology and film theory and, why you make a cut, why would you hold on to something? And then in terms of just filmmaking, you know, the setups, you know, starting from a wide or a long shot, and then the right moments within the scene or the story to cut to a close up of a character, depending on what's going on in the scene, that will that will instinctually you would want to see a close up of that person. So all of that, all of those things are still the same. But once I got into the chair, you know, I've already been, it's already been instilled so many years, my own personal projects or whatever I've done before. So I would say from that perspective, it it gives me the leg up versus if I didn't go to film school, if I didn't study any of that stuff and I just learn the software from working on the job if I just learned whatever I could learn watching the editors I've worked with, I think things would be a, a little more different. I think there's there's a difference between watching a movie and then actually knowing what goes into what makes a movie, yeah. and then you know then putting it all together. So I, I definitely so another good example of that is when I crossed over from reality to scripted. And the moment I'm working on dailies, like my mind is instantly going back to film school. You know, I I have to reschedules and all of this stuff. And I didn't have to do that while I was in, while I was working in reality. When I was working in reality, you just get the tons of footage, you build a string out, you sit with a segment producer, they tell you how they want to shape the story. But in terms of um, when you get the scripts, when you get the schedules, When you get all the information, it's just it's we've learned all of that stuff in film school. So I feel like I kind of picked up where that left off. So having the film school experience in scripted television definitely gave me the leg up once it was time to actually work on um, scripted material versus unscripted.
0: Sure. Now now you've worked on on drama. You've worked on comedy. Um, Do you have a preference or do you like mixing it up?
1: i like mixing it up um i'm don't necessarily have a drama i'm sorry a uh genre preference uh, i love horror comedy drama um sci-fi action see for the most part i'm just into any any story that's that's gripping and interesting like even within the superhero uh sort of world, I think where Marvel had their edge is the stories are compelling and there's always high dramatic stakes that keep you wanting to know, okay, what's going to happen with this character down the road? So as long as there's a very strong story arc for the characters involved in that, then that's my motivation. And I I feel like it it all connects for the most part. Uh, Working on, specifically when I got to start working on Queen Sugar, I I think those kind of stories are so rare that are about like families that are going through things and you see a a very strong uh, character arc built over seasons and seeing the characters grow. I love being a part of that kind of storytelling. So I would say that I'm, I'm very motivated to, you know, it's exciting every time there's new script because I know, okay, well, where's this character going to next? And then that's my, I guess that's my fuel to, you know, it, nothing ever gets, I would say stale. So I really love that about the process.
0: Sure. Now uh, let's talk a little bit about The shy, and um, you're, you did two seasons, so you did five and six?
1: Yeah, five and six. Uh, currently, uh, the season was split in half because of the writers' um, yeah. actor strike. So, um, so so far, I have two out of three episodes that I've cut. Um, the next, the last episode I worked on aired a week ago. And the next episode airs in a couple of weeks.
0: Right. Now, there's a lot of characters on that show. How, um, with your editing hat on, how do you how do you make it all fit seamlessly? One story well, to another.
1: I would say it helps uh, three, uh, season three, I was an assist on the show and um, my editor, Victoria Grimsley, uh, let me cut some scenes and let me sit in with the directors on the scenes I've cut and the producers. So I got to know, um, I got to know the story very well. Also, I watched seasons one and seasons two. And then even after I moved on to other shows, I kept watching the shot. So I've seen every episode, so I'm familiar with the characters throughout their process. So I think that definitely gives me, and from that perspective, the leg up and the knowledge when there's a new episode coming out for a new season. Even when I'm in, whenever, I love the tone meetings, because whenever I'm in the tone meetings, I always pick the writer's brains <laughs> and the showrunner's brains to find yeah. out, well, you know, this happened in season two, and then this thing is about to happen coming up. You know, how is this gonna, you know, how, how are we showing this progress? And is what happened two seasons ago is the reason why this is happening now? so the more information i get then i could i could have a, a deeper sensitivity to whatever is happening in the moment of that scene with that character having the background and then i know how to i would guess for lack of a better way of saying this milk the moment of um whatever that character is going through because sure. at this point if it's season six it's probably a uh, very huge character arc. Like, for for example, um, without giving any spoilers, there's one character we've seen go through some good times and some bad times, and we're sort of building up to a very important moment coming up this season. And so I know watching even what the other editors have done so far leading up to my episode and what I've seen in previous seasons, how to have a, a sensitive, a sensitive heart towards showing this person's journey. So um, so I'm, I'm big into that, even if I haven't worked on the show, just doing my research so I yeah. understand I'm fully vested, you know, involved, you know. You're listening
0: to Post Perspective's Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. And so you talked about being in its own meanings. Um, What's it like working with the showrunners? I mean, how often are you guys in touch? What kind of notes do you get? Like, what's what's
1: the typical process for you? Well, on The shy, typically um, I would say in terms of the tone meeting, I mean, mainly the focus is trying to make sure that the director has everything the director needs right before the shoot. And they just leave sort of the floor open for anyone else in the room if they have any questions on how this is all going to come together. Sometimes they have some creative things they want to do differently filming-wise. And then they'll ask me, well, how will this look in the edit, Sean? How would you approach this? Or is this even possible in the edit? So I think that's very helpful to me uh, in that process during the tone meeting. In terms of notes, usually um, when on the shy, once once the director turns over their cut, we're, I'm usually working off of whatever the notes are coming from based the director's version of the show. And I'm just working off the notes. Usually most of the notes have to deal with, in my experience, um, just trying to uh, Maybe they may want another, a different song than what we have, or um, they may want the pacing a little faster or slower. Um, It it all depends on the director, because the director that they choose has their own style of filmmaking. And then sometimes, you know, the showrunner has the vision for the entire show, for all seasons. So they know exactly how they may want certain things to uh, play out. Also, um, sometimes um, there might just be some dialogue changes or some wording changes because the uh, particular show like The Shy, there is a African-American vernacular that people at the cast might be used to versus how things might be written in the script. So I think sometimes we're trying to find, I guess, the balance of the two. You know, so um, that's usually what I... Uh, come across the most. Sometimes when once we get to like uh, the studio network stuff, sometimes they just want to um, change some scenes around and placements, you know, because, you know, they're looking, like I said earlier, they're looking ahead and they might want to move a scene to a different episode or stuff like that. That's m- mainly the stuff I get for the most part.
0: Right. Now you mentioned that you were an assistant editor and um, that the editor gave you scenes to cut. Did you find that to be a typical process on your way up? And do you also work with your AEs that way?
1: Uh, Yes, it was definitely a a typical process on my way up. I would say uh, for the most part, it all depends on like the editor or how the show is going. When I was on Queen Sugar as an assistant before I became an editor, um my my editor Avril rebukes she we were both first on for the show so we had i would say probably the most episodes so it was the most intense so um i didn't get to cut as many scenes in that series i did a lot of sound work and a lot of music work and uh i would say working with music, in terms of going from an arc of how the character is experiencing something in that scene towards the end of the scene, it, it, has, it plays a very strong part of the story and knowing when to get the ball rolling, ramp it up, or maybe slowing things down. So I, um, on that show, I did a lot of sound, music, stuff like that um i would say the shy is is where i did the most um um, individual scene cutting for the most part even as an assist you have to assemble and organize so many dailies and so much footage and sometimes do string outs and even sometimes do like uh rough edits of things so i think um definitely once I got all those tools. It wasn't it wasn't as hard for me. Backtracking to our, our earlier convers earlier part of our conversation because of all the work I've done, editing, the community centers, even the stuff I've I've done in film school. I, I already it was already and, and then my own independent projects. I was already cutting, so it wasn't that much of a challenge. I think the only thing that that change was just learning how to cut differently like for example queen sugar has commercial breaks so you so oftentimes you got to get that story arc um that's for that particular act to end by that commercial break and sometimes depending on how it's written there's a cliffhanger before that and then how you come back so those things like that i did learn as an assistant editor Working on shows like How to Achieve That, and then The Shy is a—it's on Showtime, so there's no commercial breaks. So it's just like you're going wall to wall, seeing the scene. But if there's something really um, dramatic or traumatic happening, then I would have—I would break it up with um, with just shots of the city, just stuff like that. If I if I need to like say okay. Here we're going from this moment to this moment, or perhaps we're going to a certain part of the city where where the next scene is happening, where the actors are that we haven't seen. But if something really heavy happened and we need a moment, then I will use the music. I will use all of those images to kind of give us sort of a downplay and bring it to the next one. So those things, those kind of transitions, whether you're working on a show that has commercials or not commercials, those are definitely things I learned as an assistant um, on the job. Now, in terms of the actual, like I was mentioning earlier, the psychology behind why you make an edit, you know, putting together the scenes, medium close-up shots, like all that stuff I learned in film school. And I just had to learn how do you cut differently for TV versus film. I've, I've cut one or two indie films. Neither of them have seen the light of day. They're not on IMDb so (laughs) i've also done the long form sure i hope that i hope that answers your question
0: no it totally did totally did and i wanted to talk a little bit about mentorship and and um you know giving back to to the community and 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 how are you involved in in that
1: i would say i'm i'm a part of um, the ace diversity um community and i would say that's one that's one area where I meet a lot of people on their journey from people who are beginning versus people that are like cutting like major motion pictures and major television shows. So whenever there is an event, I get to mix and mingle with people and I'm very open about if you want to contact me through email or even in the moment, if you just want to talk to me or, or pick my brain about anything. I am I'm very open to that. Um, in terms of uh, mentorship, my assistant editors that I've worked with on both Queen Sugar and The Shy, they cut all the recaps. Um, at times, I, I kind of instruct them how, depending, like for example, if we're doing a recap of the entire season, that will be very different from a recap for just the last couple of episodes, depending on what's in our episode that's needed to have the most information and depending on because every the shows are different. Some shows I have 30 seconds, I have a minute, two minutes. So it all varies like the speed or or what's specific information that needs to be told in that recap. And I've been good in terms of mentoring um, the assistant editors have worked under me, how what the networks are looking for in their mm-hmm. recap. Because working from several networks I've worked with in the past, their criteria could be different. Also, depending on the vibe of the show. Like I remember when I worked, when I worked on Timeless, and I was working with Sean Ryan. I would work directly with Sean Ryan on the re- on the recaps of the episodes I was working on as an assist. And the thing with him was. He wanted no air. He just wanted to hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you, hit you. So I noticed that, well, that's a great flow for action. And when I I applied that same knowledge, when I was assisting on The shy three seasons ago, Showtime loved that same kind of flow when it came to an episode that we had a lot of action or a lot of big things happening. So I tried to pass that knowledge down, um, whatever. Or if anyone had any questions or needed some help, um, I would definitely step in and try my best to sort of do both. Um, I, 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 obviously, the more shows I work on um, in the future, I may have, I will definitely have the opportunity to give more mentorship and probably ask the post producers hey, so and so did a great job at cutting this. Maybe they could do, maybe they could co edit on the episode with me. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing that more, especially because like I was mentioning earlier, like I came up in community centers, like people had to give me a chance to be creative. And then even coming out of film school, starting as a logger, and transcriber, then I would come on the weekends sometimes when I was on Survivor and help out the AEs and they would tell my boss. And then eventually my boss bumped me up the digitizer on Survivor. So I definitely want to, give back to the people that have helped me out you know
0: absolutely sean before i let you go have uh anything i haven't asked that you feel is important
1: oh uh any tips for for people coming up oh yes uh so yes that's that's a great question so there are there are so many different areas in terms of like okay for one it's okay to start out and not know what you want to do because there's so many places where you can find your way like for example when I started out um in uh in the business I was an intern on in the Chris Rock show that I was a PA at MTV and I you know working as a PA on set was fun when I was young but as I got older I I I really enjoyed working in you know the dark room of editing so I felt like okay well let me let me try that realm and it worked out for me and i really love taking that path there's so many paths that you could take and i've seen people like switch from editor to producer or producer to um doing something else so i would say like um sky's the limit Um, also i would say but a lot of people don't i know a lot of editors are shy they like just being alone with the footage, not being on a set, not having yeah. to interact with so many people. However, I would say the television industry is a very social industry. So if you could break out of that and just try to go out to events, meet people, that's where you'll most likely get your next job. Now, you know, work really hard, study your craft, the producers that you work with they will, if they have something else coming up, they love to keep their teams together. You're available, they'll roll you over. But you could be on the same show and the same team if that show is extremely successful. And then let's say after 10 seasons, it's over, but you don't know anyone but that team. What if that team disbands? You won't have any connections. So it's very important that you go out to all of these. There's so many events. Uh, the Television Academy has events. ACE has events. Once you, this here's something that I that I did when I was first getting started. that you know, if, if if I meet one person that invites me to an event, I will stay with that person. Usually they'll inter, they'll introduce me to other people that will come into the circle, and then I'll talk to them. And then at the next event, I might see one or two people that I know, and then it just snowballs. And then eventually you keep going to these events. You will see the same people and then it snowballs. And then eventually you'll work on projects and you'll see names. Oh, hey, I know that editor. Oh, I, And then you'll see it. Then you'll see your peers move up and grow. And then all of a sudden now you're a part of like a family, like a community. And then it just makes things a lot easier when you're trying to network because you'll be familiar. you will be familiar faces. So I would say the socializing portion is the most important, along with you working on your creativity and your craft and your technical knowledge of the software that's required for your job.
0: Very cool. Sean, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for interviewing me and giving me the opportunity to share um, my knowledge or anything that I've, I've done. So like I've mentioned, since I've came up in community centers, I have a community mindset. Even on my own, I've gone to the writers and the actors picket lines. I've done volunteer work at food drive with the with the MPTF. Like I, I still have that built in me, and that's that's how I was raised. That's how I've, I've came up, and that's how I would like to continue to work and, and involve myself in what's going on in entertainment industry.
0: That's very cool. Very cool. Thank you for listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. For more information,
1: please visit PugetSystems.com.